All I've heard for a month is, worst case, the youths are going to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> that freaking Vincent Price at the end of Thriller? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly who it was. Or Lane, who likes to weigh in from time to time. That was Vincent. It was a good impression. Joint Scotty and Hans, Thursday from noon to 3, Sound Sleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. You should put that together. That life, that laugh, and Vincent Price's laugh. <laughs> I knew there were some cougars out there who would feel that So way. the funny thing is, Lane, he is not a cougar. Here you go. Fly me to the moon, Yost. Let me go bowling amongst the stars. Gary Anderson and the Aggies is who I adore. In other words... <laughs> I love that tune by Frank. He's an Aggie. Frank's birthday's coming up. Four days. Twelfth. How many would it be? He was born in 1915. Double check that. What was the highlight of the BYU football season? Edging USC and OT 40%. Now a tie for second at 28%, beating Boise State and Oregon 37, Utah 15. Snowbound tweets at us, watching Utah bleep the bed at the championship game, if we're being honest. Cody Barton. (laughs) Well, I got to admit... If you're, uh, I felt more of a cougar than an Aggie, but I guess if you're an Aggie and you want to go in that direction, because in a sense, and I don't take any pleasure in saying this by any stretch, this just seems like another good season. Which is great to have another good season and then win the South two years in a row, but... It's not compared to a Rose Bowl season. It's Because there aren't going to be very many of them, and this... Coulda, woulda, shoulda, almost was, but then wasn't even close to. I know. And there's a couple of ways you can look at it. Uh, you know, if they had won the game, then they would have, at worst, gone to the Rose Bowl, as Lane yeah. said. Or, in the and a lot of people, because of me, you hate the Sun Devils. I understand that. Well, in, in a year you dominated them, they ruined your season. True story. <laughs> so... Because there's a decent chance Oregon would have gone to I heard, the playoff. I heard that on Saturday. And yeah. you would have uh, you, gone to the Rose Bowl. You fans are fully aware of that. Yeah. Bleeping ASU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, even when you they beat didn't them, they mind it so much when it happened because they thought it was a sign that Utah was going to beat Oregon. So, Oregon's really not that good. Vulnerable, yeah. Right? But then, once it was all done, it was like, well, that could have been 12 and 1 versus 12 and 1, and then Oregon would have won, and we still would have gone to the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. because there were a lot of Ute fans. Win or lose, looking forward to getting in the car and driving down to Southern California for a week. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, that was all aboard. Let's go. To the phone, to Tim. Good morning, Tim. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, Tim. Hey, uh, I think it's really therapeutic you guys take the fan phone calls today. It really helps us just vent and kind of work sure. things through in our minds. Dr. PK. So so I was watching the game, and it seemed like Oregon was just pinning their ears back and just going straight in uh, as fast as they could to get Tyler or uh, stuff the run. And part of me just thinks, you know, 
couldn't we have just done a, a quick, quick out or screen passes or, you know, drag uh, one of our tight ends across the, just five yards deep, you know, that's hindsight, you know, but I, uh, I really respect uh, Kyle and what he's done. He's a great coach, stand-up coach, and, you know, I don't know if we're not going to be back because uh, Kyle keeps getting better and better athletes, and he does more with less than anyone out there. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if our chances are really going to be, you know, far and few between. I think we, I think we might be back there sooner than we think. So, all right, good. I like the optimism. History shows it's not necessarily true, but why can't you be the program that is sustainable? And you know, Kyle's got a few years left. He was on the recruiting trail yesterday. Everybody on Twitter yeah. knows it. I mean, yeah. they, the, there's rules about what the schools can put up and when they can do it, but there's no rules on the kids. And there were kids posting stuff and people yeah. retweeting it. Yeah. So, who's to say? I saw uh, at least two photos with two different kids. Well, yesterday. obviously, I would like nothing more than these teams to be competitive because this this was not the ending, but it certainly was a fun ride. From the start of August all the way through November, we had four great months of youth football. The Cougars, you gave us the wildest of rides. <laughs> what a roller coaster! Ups and downs. You're awesome. You're terrible. You're fantastic. Yeah. You're brutal. You're. I don't know what's coming Rushing up Saturday. The field but... versus. I demand everyone be fired. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, and with BYU, we play this game. If they lose a game, they've actually lost three. For because for some reason with the Cougars, when they lose, we assign. Well, well and then we, this game, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then that game. Is, <laughs> well, if they, if they beat Tennessee and USC in overtime, then they're yeah. they're going to beat South Florida and they're going to beat Toledo. Right. If they lose to South Florida and Toledo, they're getting their butts kicked by Boise State and Utah State. Right, because they have such a level of great and mediocre in their scheduling, and it really doesn't you follow like that. You think it's maybe partly that it's not. That that's just the nature of independence and not a conference play because in conference you can judge teams by their other games. Yeah, but we don't really know. We can't assign anything to Toledo because we don't know or South Florida. We don't know the level. Of no, competition. and in conferences, yes, you have surprise teams and you have disappointing teams. But we're gauging all along. Like, ooh, something's going wrong at Stanford. They got injuries and they shouldn't have lost that game. And yeah, and it becomes when so it didn't matter because Utah didn't play. And then them, they but. don't put your conference schedule traditionally isn't top heavy. It's sprinkled. It has to be, right? It's just the yeah. way it is. And then we see it every year with the ASU Oregon being the greatest example of some team that they literally had lost four in a row. They go and, five and one, lose four in a row. And then and one night like in the desert, yeah. they get it together. And, and so you don't, is this going to be the night? And the Utes did it. They were no good, but yet they knocked off a top five Stanford team. Well, in the independence, you don't have that. And there isn't that level of excitement. We don't pay attention to South Florida and Toledo in the least. Not at all. Just don't. So, yeah. So we assign them wins and sign them losses based on these games. And this was this was a crazy season for BYU, up and down, all over the place, and you never could get a read on them. Right till the very end, you couldn't get a read on them. In Game Twelve, you still couldn't get a read on them. Eight five five three four zero zone. Gail, good morning. Guys, how you doing? Good, good Gail. Gail. What's up? I. And set themselves up for disappointment. I was 
communicating with people, mostly through text and that, because some of them were at the game. I was disappointed from the get-go. I was upset at Scott Mitchell when he said before the broadcast that the Rose Bowl was the consolation prize. They set their hopes too high, and because they went so high, they fell so far and so hard. Well, yeah, but I mean, at that point, how do you not say that? How do you not say that they had a legitimate shot? They were one spot removed. They were fifth. They were on deck. I mean, they were right there. It was just right in front of them. So I don't have any problem with that statement. And and it's I don't think he's saying, oh, look, the consolation prize. No, he's saying, the consolation prize is the Rose Bowl. <laughs> right. Yeah, so the way you say it, uh, it was there. It was legitimate. Everyone was thinking it, too. Yes. It was, it was legitimate, but I don't want to send any negative waves or even some... You're breaking up, but neither do we. Thanks for the call. I mean, you couldn't help but think it. The stakes were never higher. Utah has not, that's the downside of it. The Utes have never played a game that had the stakes that high. Because I think for us in the West, the Rose Bowl is bigger than the Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. It's just the way it is. Maybe if you live someplace else. But for us, the Rose Bowl is huge, and it was right there. You win that ball game. And at the least, you're going to the Rose Bowl. That's cause for major celebration. We are jumping up and down today. People are celebrating oh like gosh, crazy. They would be so happy. Yeah. I mean, I suppose if they had won the game and got passed over, there would be people who would be upset. And I would get the reason to be upset with the system. Because, you know, 12-1, and one, you have one loss by a touchdown on the road. Teams have won the national championship with that. So there would have been that disappointment. But, man, going to the Rose Bowl would have been fantastic. Well, in the moment on Friday night, too, you wouldn't have known that. And the Friday night celebration would, would have been, been great. Yeah, yeah. would you have been would the had, best celebration you've right, ever You would have essentially had 36 hours to celebrate the Pac-12 title before you find the outcome out and to just celebrate that. Yeah. And it's not like Oklahoma overwhelmed Baylor, obviously. It goes into OT. Right. And they got a sack there in overtime, and then and then and then you could argue that well, Baylor played a backup quarterback, and you barely beat oh, those yeah. guys. So I'm thinking, if you won Friday night, you're in the playoff. Given how the or, or the how the Oklahoma game went, yeah, but that just heightens the disappointment this morning. Oh, it's all compounded. Yeah. Yeah, and it's Monday, and it's you know it's somewhat of a rainy day, and those naturally get me down. Got some more open mics in there, Yak. All right, let's hear from Wade. Not all of us feel bad about the Utah pukes losing. We all know they're chokers. The difference between this season and the other seasons is that there was no competition whatsoever until the very end, and then they choked. <laughs> there it is. If you're down, Wade's here to kick you. <laughs> oh, geez, we all know the pukes choke. Yeah, and that would infuriate me a little bit if I were a Utah fan. That is the essence like, of the rivalry. But that is, it really is. And we're yeah. in the same town with the same market, and you get to hear that. They're coming out of the woodwork, and they're finding celebration in the fact. Rubel's daughter tweeted out a bunch of ha-ha-has. Oh, really? <laughs> I've seen that. That's a low blow. Should we go on? You ready, Yak? What else do you have? Yeah. Let's go to Steve. 
Watching the Utes lose the championship game for the second year in a row was absolutely delicious and an early Christmas present for Cougar Nation. Delicious. <laughs> delicious. <laughs> delicious. <laughs> you know, anytime you can equate sports to food, I'm open for more of that discussion. That's why this rivalry is one of the top five in the country. More than ever. Right in each other's backyards. Because there's no angst if you're playing in the same conference. If, if BYU's in the Pac-12, there would be a little bit of disappointment that the Pac-12 didn't get in. Well, now the Pac-12 is your bitter arch enemy. Hope they never get in. Right, exactly. You, you want to see the Pac-12 fold the way some Ute fans want to see BYU fold. Yeah, I get it. So it, when these two went their separate ways, it increased the intensity of the rivalry, not decreased it. Daniel says, I think what your previous caller is saying is that the Utes were way too overrated. It's so disappointing because their hope was uh, artificially, by a bogus poll, too high. Well, I mean, the rankings is a bogus, bogus poll. Then they're always, then don't, if you, then your 1984 national championship is, is a bogus poll. That's different. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same type of. Whatever poll you want to choose. Until there's a tournament that you can earn your way in yeah. by winning a conference championship. Right. It's a beauty pageant. And they're either fair or they're not. I've been saying that for You know weeks. what they are? They're fair when I do well, and yeah. they're unfair when I do poorly. That's what they are. I mean, who the hell did you beat in 84? Michigan. Pitt. Pitt. Dan Pitt Marino was wasn't walking through that door. <laughs> That's a good point. Started number three and cratered. Jim Harbaugh was hurt for Michigan. He didn't even play? Who do they have? They have Tom Brady? Did he quarterback that game? He's not that old. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, DJ and PK, keep it coming. We're going to talk some more football and playoff and Oklahoma Sooners with Barry Trammell. He's going to join us, sports columnist for the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com. Also, Oak. Oklahoma City, the Thunder in town, going back-to-back, playing the Jazz tonight. We'll talk with Barry next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz coming off a win over Memphis on Saturday. Back at it tonight against the Thunder, 7 o'clock, Vivint Smart Home Arena. Game tips at 7, pregame coverage starts at 6. You can listen to that on 97.5 The Zone. Over on 1280 The Zone, it's Monday Night Football. The Giants and the Eagles, 6.15 on ESPN. Eagles need a win to improve to 6-7 and and tie Dallas for the top spot in the NFC East. Eagles and Giants actually played twice in the last four games. That ought to help the Eagles out as they try to get back to 500 and try to get into the playoffs. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. The savings are on at Ken Garf West Valley Jeep. Get a new Jeep for less with employee pricing plus when you stop by during the big finish event. Visit us today. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Big thanks to Austin for filling in for Lloyd as where, he where? takes one of his mini breaks. Because, you know, three hours straight of producing is just ugh, heavy lifting. Hold on a sec. Lloyd is not on the board right now because he's heating up his cup of noodles. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Austin, can you come in here and fill in for me for just a minute? It's very important. Very crucial. Did uh, some commercials not play that we're supposed to play? No. I'm hungry. It takes three minutes to get this done. I just need your help. I sound like Arnold. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Get to the 
noodles. Get to the cup of noodles. Oh, it's going to get rough. <laughs> Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6. It's your next jazz game. There are free poppet shot games, cornhole, foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. Jazz and the Thunder tonight. Thunder going back-to-back. They played yesterday. They won. They beat Portland. Now they get the Jazz. They are under five hundred, but above the playoff line. The Jazz, meanwhile, after uh, losing, what was it, three in a row and five out of six, bounced back with that win over Memphis. And the schedule, very favorable over the next week, PK. This is a chance to win some games, start feeling good about yourself. You're rested at home, and they're going back-to-back. No excuses. Don't, don't, don't mess it up. Uh, yeah, but so you beat a bunch of teams you're supposed to beat. That's nice. Time now to talk with Barry Trammell, sports columnist for the Oklahoman and News OK. He joins us on the Sprint Special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for zero. Zero dollars when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease. Now through December 26th, visit the Sprint store nearest you. Barry, good morning. Hey, I'm saying it's all late, guys. Uh, people, well, it depends on who you are. The Ute fans really aren't happy right now, but the Cougar fans are enjoying this thoroughly. Well, that's, that's unfortunate. That really is. Um, I wish we could all get along, but <laughs> Utah's not, Utah's not the only place like that, so. Yeah, the whole nation, I tell you, they don't really want to see Oklahoma in the playoff. Oh, wait a second, that was Utah. What'd you think of all, all that stuff that came out last week like that? Well, here's the deal. Um, I think most of the nation is ready for some new blood, and that would include that would mandate the exclusion of Oklahoma. Um, now, the networks, ESPN, they'd probably rather have Oklahoma, and Oklahoma, Ohio State, probably going to draw more eyeballs than a Ohio State, Utah. Um, I don't really – I think the committee played it pretty by the book. I think they were down the middle. So, um, you know, college football is a flawed sport. So we're just going to have to live with it for now. But it's a case of, uh, you know, the Utes had a great team and they just, you know, sort of have a flop there at the end against Oregon. So I think here watching other teams, there's kind of the assumption, well, Iowa State never flops. Bama never flops, even though they did flop this year and they had a quarterback injury, obviously. Uh, how often do Sooner fans get down on their club for flopping? What's it, what's it like when you're covering or rooting for a big-time team? How often do you see them faceplant? Or do they just faceplant at a different level? Well, it's probably the latter. Um, you know, the Sooners – they struggled early in, you know, down, uh, earlier this season. You know, they go to Kansas State and lose with a horrid second and third quarter, get down 25 points, had to come back and, uh, you know, make it close. And then they beat Iowa State by one. They beat uh, Baylor by three after being down 25 again. They go to uh, come home and beat TCU by four. So the, the fan base was uh, – you know, was uh, not very happy at that point. But all's well that ends well. They will, uh, you know, everybody's happy, everybody's fired up, everybody's, uh, 
everybody's not not too pleased with me when I say be careful what you wish for. You got you got LSU, but they'll be upset again when you know if LSU beats them forty eight to twenty. So that's just sort of life in the fast lane. It's not a very uh, not a lot of parity in the sport these days. Same teams keep winning. But the good news is Alabama is out of it. So, you know, <laughs> you know if, uh, if Ohio State could be Clemson, hey, we're going to have a new national champion at least, uh, whether, it's, uh, whether it's in Norman or Columbus or in Baton Rouge. So Texas is sort of in your backyard, Barry, and obviously you know a lot about them, and the Utes are going to play Texas. And Texas, we all know, is a big-time recruiting base for so many of the programs in the country, not just in your region. And we hear Texas is coming back and Herman and all this stuff, and they get off to a good start, and then they peter out. Uh, what At what point on the ladder is this program actually at in terms of rebuilding into what they want to be and what they once had? Well, what you just, the last thing you said is two different things. What they want to be and what they once had are not the same. Texas, in the last 36 years, has had 18, excuse me, 18 seasons where they've lost five games or more. So this is not Southern Cal. This is not Alabama. This is not Oklahoma. This is not Ohio State. Those teams lose five, and, hey, everybody gets serious, and they say, what are we going to do to fix this? Texas turns around the next year and loses five again. Yeah. So this is – Texas is sort of a – sort of a wannabe. Uh, they've, got a, they've got a good program. They've had some great – As soon as he said Texas is a wannabe – <laughs> we lost you there, Barry. As soon as you said oh, Texas, as soon okay. as you said Texas, Texas is a wannabe, you cut out. I think that I don't Sorry think that's that. an accident. I don't think that's an yeah. accident at all. <laughs> well, Texas, Texas does not sustain excellence. Never has, except for a period during Darrell Royals' tenure as coach, and that was fifty years ago. So. They're a good program. They're not a, 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 con, a consistent great program. And under Tom Herman, it's the same thing. They are hot and cold. You know, when, when Sam Ellinger last year at the Sugar Bowl said, Texas is back, well, they were back. Last year they beat USC, Georgia, and Oklahoma. And it was a great, great season. Ended up, they actually lost four games, but still, 10-4 and four is a, good, a very good season. They were back, but now they're gone again. And that's just the way they've been forever. So, Well, clearly we're having problems with uh, Barry's cell phone there. All right. Uh, that's why I think this last year in the Holiday Bowl, I had a hard time mustering up care for that particular game. And I think you just played that way. <laughs> Certainly did in the second half. Looked pretty good in the first half, but this year, I think it's real important that they win this game. And I'm not a big bowl guy unless it's, you know, the Rose Bowl and it's the playoff and those types of things. But I just think for what the Utes accomplished this season. To go out with back to back losses again will sting. It certainly took the luster off last year. But I 
it didn't see because you could say the Pac-12 South it saved it. Yeah, right. But it still was. It was a downer. It was a downer, but it wasn't that big of a downer. I don't think here. I think they got to beat Texas and to, to to really just put a little bit of a, a a nice little exclamation point on a twelve and two season. That's pretty doggone good. Barry Trammell back with us again. As you were saying, Barry. Yeah, I can't remember where I where I lost you, but you know Texas just can't sustain it. Um, and this year it was supposed to be a great year. It wasn't seven and five. They've already fired their two coordinators. Yeah, they're just sort of on a treadmill of of uh, rising and falling. And you know, I don't. And you, the problem Utah has is you never can tell what Texas will do. I mean, Texas could go out and play the greatest game they played in five years, and it would not surprise me. Uh, I mean, Georgia was really good last year. Georgia took Alabama to the wire in the SEC title game, and then Texas whacked them pretty good in the Sugar Bowl. That's just that's just what Texas does. Oklahoma can be way better than Texas, and the Longhorns play them toe-to-toe. And then the next week, they'll lose to Iowa State. So it's just – they're a team you really can't count on for any kind of consistency. So in addition to talking football, we wanted to talk a little basketball with you because the Thunder are in town, and the good news is the Thunder above the playoff line, which I would not have expected, but the surprising part is there's two teams with losing records in the West above the playoff line. The middle of the West is not nearly as good as it was last year or as many people, including myself, would have anticipated it would be this year. How are Thunder fans feeling about the Thunder? We are all fans, media, maybe even the players, we are all in a state of mysticism. We have no idea how to act. Is the team supposed to win or is it supposed to lose? Is the team supposed to be an offensive team or a defensive team? Is it a team that's trying to make the playoffs or is it a team trying to get in the lottery? We don't know the answers to these questions, and I'm not sure the Thunder has the answer to those questions. So it's... This is what you go through when you hand your franchise over to Russell Westbrook and he is your identity for so long and then he's gone and you're standing there in the wilderness saying, what do we do now? We literally don't know what to do. So they're trying to find themselves. They've got an interesting team. They've got interesting players. It, you know, they've got two excellent centers and three really good point guards in a league that is now wing-driven. So that's sort of their status. They're just sort of a misfit team. So once George decides he wants out and they ship him off to the Clippers and then they make the decision to go with Westbrook on his way out and and stockpile all these draft choices, right? That's clear that that's the decision that they've gone with is in the undertaking. Do you agree with the premise once it happened that this was the way to go and get these draft picks and see what you can do down the road? Yeah, I mean, I don't... Your alternative is to tell Paul George no. And George is sort of an upstanding guy. So that might have worked. He might have still played hard. He might have still been, you know, determined to, to try for a title. But the truth is, and... Jazz fans can testify to this. It really wasn't working. 
you know what? What you guys saw and Utah did to the Thunder, you know, a six-game series, that it was 4-2, but only because the Thunder staged a comeback for the ages in game five. And then, that's exactly what we saw in Portland the following year, last, last April. The Thunder was really good. They just weren't as good as the level of Utah and Portland, who frankly aren't as good as the teams winning the West. So it really wasn't working. So I am slow to blame Sam Presti for, for cashing it in, especially when the Clippers offered what they offered. I mean, the truth of the matter is, I mean, you guys could answer this. From this point going forward, who's going to have a better NBA career, Paul George or Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Shea Gilgis-Alexander is. He's 20 years old, and he's already really good, and he could possibly be a star. If you just traded those two one for one, it wouldn't be the worst trade of all time. But they also got Gallinari and five first-round draft picks. So that's a trade he almost had to make. And then when they make that trade, you you know, you go ahead and trade Westbrook and, and sort of start over, not necessarily with the with the uh with the one loss record, but with the culture. And like I said, they don't know they don't know what they're doing in terms of who they're gonna be. Is Chris Paul gonna be here all year? Is is Gallinari gonna be here all year? We don't know. It's just a weird new world. <laughs> so when you and I'm, I'm curious if people in Oklahoma, and maybe because they're in rebuild mode, they don't care. Does it bug them that the Lakers are one and the Clippers are two, and everybody in the West is chasing two LA teams that bought free agents? It doesn't. The fans don't really care. I don't think. The fans are mostly just happy that the Warriors stink. <laughs> that's who that's who Oklahoma City hates, and it's you know, and it's easy to hate the Warriors even when they stink bad because the dang guys are so lucky they're just going to fall into a lottery pick is all they're going to do with all that good players coming back. So no, <laughs> people like me, I don't like it that the LA teams are you know up at the top and going to contend for the title. On the other hand. Um, well, before I say that, it's bad for the league when Durant goes to Brooklyn, when George and Leonard go to force their way to L.A., when Anthony Davis, LeBron James force their way to L.A., either via free agency or trade. That's bad for the league. On the other hand, before this season, the last six years, the Lakers and the Knicks were the two worst teams in the NBA over a six-year period. The Clippers have never won the title. The Nets have never won the title. So it's not like the big cities are dominating. But that doesn't mean it won't change. That doesn't mean we could... Are we headed for an era when San Antonio and Portland and Oklahoma City and Salt Lake literally can't compete for a title? If we are, then that's terrible for the NBA. But the truth is, that's not been the history. Oklahoma City could have won a title. It just didn't. San Antonio has won a title. Utah, a decade or two ago, could have won a title. It just didn't. So the small markets have been really competitive for a long time. 
If that doesn't change, then I don't think anybody has a real gripe. So do you think the Thunder are too good right now to be able to get the highest types of draft spots that they need and they yeah. should pedal, yeah. pedal some of these dudes? No doubt about it. They're too good. I mean, they're not very good. They're not great. Right. They might not even be good. If they get to 41 and 41, that's probably a really good coaching job. On the other hand, they got Chris Paul on their team. And Chris Paul is not in the habit of letting teams lose games. That's not in his DNA. I mean, this is a guy that will, you know, he, he, he'll, pull out a, he'll pull out a switchblade playing marbles. He wants to win. I mean, he, Friday night they pulled out one of the all-time great steals of a game, uh, in part because Chris Paul noticed somebody's shirt tail was untucked and convinced the refs to call a delay of game warning, which was the second of the game and resulted in a technical foul and gave the Thunder a chance to win in the last two seconds. That's the kind of competitor he is. When he's on your team, it's hard to tank. So if they could trade him, probably go into tank mode. But as long as he's around, his mentality, and he's still an excellent ball player, he had 15 points in the first, I don't know, 15 minutes last night. If he's still around, you're going to be – competitive to some degree. Barry, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks Hold on for- a second. Oh. Before you go, who's yeah. next in line at quarterback there at Oklahoma? Because I'm wondering this transfer stuff, is that going to catch up to them? Oh, well, it's actually, I don't think it is because two things. One, they recruited very well. They they got a they got the number one mobile quarterback in America last February, kid from Phoenix, yeah, Spencer R- Rattler, Rattler, who looks really good. But there's always the fallback position. You can always go back to free agency. Uh, the Eric King, the uh, kid at Houston, who decided to, you know, sort of do his own red shirt. Um, he's sort of the joke around here. Hey, Derek, Derek King will come to Oklahoma in January. It would not be crazy if he did. So they're going to be fine at quarterback. Um, you know, college football is a little bit like the NBA in that there are there are three, four, three or four destinations. Alabama, look at the playoff. Look at the playoff. LSU's in the playoff with the Ohio State quarterback. Yep. Ohio State's in the playoff with the Georgia quarterback. Yeah. Oklahoma's in the playoff with the Alabama quarterback. It's sort of like, uh, you know, there's four or five schools in college football that are the Lakers uh, of, the, uh, of the sport. Barry, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again. All right. Look forward to the day when the Thunder can be good enough to, to come to Salt Lake for the playoffs. There it is. Us too. That was yeah. fun. Barry Trammell, sports columnist for the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com, and he was in studio with us the last time the Thunder were here for the for the playoffs. Plus the Jazz won. And there was that, too. <laughs> uh, but he was right about that. You know, it wasn't working for the Thunder. They weren't going to win a title. And then you had this sweet offer from the Clippers. Bunch of draft picks and a good young player. Why not? Uh, yeah, I go a little bit more than why not. I don't make moves based on why not at this level. <laughs> In the West, they were going to 
struggle to win a playoff series. And maybe they would have if they stayed together. They certainly could have won a playoff series. That's not that outrageous. But were they going to win two or three, let alone four? Yeah, but you can say that about every team, but one or two, obviously. Two at the most. Because that's all that they do. There's only two teams win more than one. So then why not? I gotta, why not? I could have a little bit more than why not. I get if your point. If your team I'm had more upside not, than not? if your team had more upside. And it was a great deal. So why not? <laughs> and well, ultimately he thought deal, no, make the deal make but that not, deal. Oh, and let's make that just deal. blow it up. Why not? No. Blow it up because of that deal. Sure. Not blow it up for just any deal, you know. Why not once that deal was presented? Yes. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Coach Lou is in the house. Before we preview the the games this weekend, we had a a listener tweet in a question for you. He wants to know, where would you rank Kyle Whittingham next to Kyle Willingham and Ty Whittingham? I think it's a really great question because I think Willingham really got a raw deal for all those years, and then finally Utah showed that he could be something great, and he's turned that team into something great. So I don't think there's any doubt that Kyle Willingham is easily one of the best coaches in the entire country and I think Washington made a big mistake and now their coach just quit on him. I think it's absolute karma. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Here's your football game. High snap. Wisnowski got it done. Robbie Gold's kick is good. Robbie Gold beats the New Orleans Saints at the gun. Chevy Strong play of the game. The Niners get the last points. The Niners get the win. They beat the Saints 48 46. That's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today on the big show at 450, and you can win fabulous prizes. As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. Like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, PK, who really sucked this weekend? What was Pittsburgh doing running a fake punt at their own 30-yard line on fourth and six? Up by 10 with eight minutes left. Trying to get seven yards? Uh, That was a terrible decision. That sucked. That was horrific. So you're cracking on Mike Tomlin. Yes. Well, unless the punter just ad-libbed it. I don't know. So. But yeah, whoever did it, I don't know terrible. if he had lived it. He might have made sucks. it up on his own. Yeah, that could. That's totally different. You're right. That might be what it was. Thank goodness you were here to straighten me out. <laughs> Yuck, do you got mine? Listen to this dude. And the home team this year will be from the Pac-12 conference. And old friend of ours, John Fulmer, it is the Arizona State Wildcats. Sun Devils. Jeez, doofo. You've waited all year for the moment to introduce who's going to play in the Sun Bowl, and you come up with the Arizona State Wildcats? 
And that's worse than last year. What did you do last year? I don't know what did last year. But we also, <laughs> had, we also had to go back. They had the BYU Tigers in their bowl game last year from the sideline reporter after the game. Yeah, I, the BYU Tigers was bad. And I had a coach come up to me say that. And But it's I forget the gal who did it. And she probably has no connection. But you were the, you're announcing the Sun Bowl, and it's one state over. And it's the Arizona State Wildcats. And El Paso to Tucson is not that far. This guy sucks. And throwing another couple hours from El Paso. I think it's a uh, it's like four or five hours from Tucson. So put on another uh, six, seven hours from Phoenix. You got to get that right. You cannot say the Arizona State Wildcats. You just can't. And everybody knows the Arizona State Wildcats don't exist. And another thing is University of Arizona Wildcats don't go bowling. (laughs) I mean, those are facts. Those are things we know to be true. Am I right? They are not bowling again. Right. They suck. Thankfully. El Paso to Tempe is basically Salt Lake to Vegas. Maybe a skosh longer, depending on where you're coming from, but yeah. It's not that far, no. I I don't know that you'd want to make it uh, drive down to the game and then come back, do like I did when I was going to my senior year in high school when my sister and brother-in-law and mother and I drove from Phoenix to San Diego to watch the Padres and Phillies and then turn around and drove right back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. There was no Wait, way I, I can feel we an ocean breeze staying <laughs> out. We're in the summer and it's right there. Now we're gonna go back. I mean, I know we were poor, but come on. <laughs> it's five minutes to the I, water. I know. I can, Let me that? just dip my toe in it. <laughs> we immediately left. We got right back on the road. Went right back home. We went right back to El Central. I, I actually I actually <laughs> thought of that story. We uh, a couple of days ago, uh, my wife had not seen McFarland, which is the Kevin Costner uh-huh. cross country yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. And so these these kids are in the middle of the Central Valley. It's just yeah. hot, and they're picking in the fields. and And so they did a side trip from one of the the meets, and they went to the beach. And he didn't have the money in the movie to let him in. And the guy saw the kids, and they hadn't seen the ocean, so he waved him in. And they just ran to the ocean. Just And I thought I of do. you. I thought of you in that story. These kids are, you know, 15 years old or whatever, seeing the water for the first time. <laughs> and they're running and diving in in their sweaty cross-country uniforms. And I thought of you in that trip where you're just like, we're almost there. It's like PK would have been running and jumping into the water like that kid. No, you're I, you're yeah. probably about the same age. I was 16 going into my senior year. I didn't turn 17 until the end of the uh, the calendar year. But yeah, and then there's me. I have to put me as this guy sucks. So Saturday morning after the ball game, I'm at the gym, the hotel gym, and get on the elliptical. And then I, they got some free weights there. They got some dumbbells, and I'm working with some dumbbells. And I see a dumb. I see my phone. I go to myself. And that dumbbell's way too close to my phone because I got the phone on the floor. Oh, no. And I go to move the dumbbell, and I hit it before I picked it up. Look at the top of my phone. No! <laughs> no! Spider screen. Uh, this guy sucks. Down. <laughs> so the thing that I thought, oh, I better move my phone, I hit it with my hand before I can grab the dumbbell. Sure enough crashes it down. Oh, man. That's brutal. I know. I'm so upset. I feel like the Utes this morning. 
DJ and PK, you fans are upset this morning. Uh, and BYU fans actually have been coming out in full force. They have been willing to uh, tap dance all over the Utes Pac-12 title game grave. What a formal player, no less. We'll get to that coming up. We got a poll up. What was the highlight of the BYU football season? We got four options for you. Putting the one in Boise State's 12 and one season, keeping them out of the Cotton Bowl, edging USC and OT, routing Utah State, or Oregon 37, Utah 15. Go vote David DJ James on Twitter. David DJ James, cast your vote. We'll update you on what's going on there. PK will tell you about the player who, uh, the ex-player who got uh, who got his take out there on social media. We'll do that next. DJ and PK, stay with us.